Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud, but so you're... far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us. Did... Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican Well, this is like playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Well, I... Reckless... And dangerous. Bill Barr's not a guy that uh, that throws out terms like that. You know, Bill Barr's a guy stepping into the breach and, and, and staring down the Chinese Communist Party. This is one of the top lawyers in the country on the board of Time War. Right? He's part of the system. He's not some he's not some crazy guy walking into war room pandemic, lighting hair on fire. Nope. Corporate lawyer. Heavy. Wait. Playing wolf. Stop the nonsense, CNN. You're playing with fire. Okay. This is dangerous. But you guys are deciding to go there. It's not, it's not anybody in Trump land. No, nobody in Trump world wrote that report. Nobody in Trump world's got that. We're going to have it up. You've got to read every line. You have to embrace this. By the way, I know we've got some people in the thing saying, hey, this is so terrible. I'm getting so depressed. No whining and no tears. I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry that this is hard. Saving this republic is hard. And if you're out there and you're saying that, I got it. It's all the pressure in the world. You don't know which way it's going. Hey, that's what the fourth turning's about. You think they knew where it was in the Revolution? You think they knew where it was in the Civil War? You think they knew where it was in World War II and the Great Depression? No, they did not. So man up. I want to go back to Darren Beatty, unless you want to jump in here. It, it was, uh, yep. just, look, it's, it's trite and cliched maybe, but it was literally one of the first sentences out of the mouths after they came up with the idea of the Republic, right? It was, if you can keep it. When, when Franklin leaves, was it Independence Hall? Yeah. Somebody congratulated the Republic. Ma'am, yeah. a Republic, if you can keep it. That's what this is about. Hey, these Republics have fallen before. What was the inspiration of the founders? The inspiration of the founders was the Roman Republic. That collapsed, right? The same thing, the populace versus the elites. Exact same thing. It collapsed, turned into an empire. That went for a while. That collapsed. Right. This is what if you if you want to fight for a republic and I'm not trying to the people there. I want to hear your feelings. I want to hear is, hey, it's, I can't take it. It's it's so much where I turn. I got that. I got that. But you got to dig down deep. OK, you got to dig down deep. And, yes, and you know what? There's a historical solution of how you dig down deep. We didn't defeat slavery in this country without tapping into our moral and ethics and spiritual beings 
Same thing with World War II. We didn't defeat Nazism because we weren't Christians or Judeo-Christians. We did it because we were people with faith. There are crosses and stars of David's on those uh, gravestones at Normandy. Let's not forget we are in this world yeah, yeah, together. I got, I got that. I got that. And that's all important, but it's about action. It's about action. I, you're not going to— okay. And I'm all for the power of prayer. I'm all for that, and that's important. It's essential. You got to have the moral high ground. We have the moral high ground, but it then has to translate into doing something. You're not going to sit here. You're not going to sit here and get on. And we're not talk radio. Talk radio is great. All these shows are great. That's fine. This is action, action, action. You know what you have to do today. You have to become an election official. You have to help on get out the vote. We're not here to tell you how to vote. By the way, if you're one of the Bernie people and you still you hear this show and you listen to it and you still think Biden, God bless you. That's what this is about. That's a fair fight. Let's get go ahead. I just one one more thing. It just, I promise just, I'm gonna get Beatty in here for a couple minutes, but go ahead. No, but it's such an important thing, yeah. and I'm sure Darren appreciates the the the, the, um, the tee up here as well. Is that in the grand course of human history, there would actually be nothing remarkable about the fall of the Republic of the United States of America. What's remarkable is keeping it going. And what's remarkable is the spirit that keeps it going. And the spirit that keeps it going has been, over the course of America's history, the citizenry demanding action and taking action to defend the republic. That's the remarkable part. Everything falls at some point. What's the most remarkable thing is the things that, that keep going and keep going and keep going, despite all of the pressure from outside and inside. And that's what we're seeing right now, the pressure from inside. Well, long before uh, we had Benjamin Franklin say that we have a republic, if you can keep it, let's remember the first words of our spiritual revolution that made this United States. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with their rights. This is the fact, man. Don't lose sight of our core values, in my opinion. Okay. You know the thing. Good. Sometimes I just don't know where he's going with this stuff, but it all works out. <laughs> There's no fighting the war. This is why Jack's the hero here. I'm, I'm always like the guy in the black shirt. Okay. Um, I'm going to get back to Darren Beatty from the Judeo-Christian West and the highest ideals that we have and to Darren Beatty talking to us about the nitty-gritty of contextualizing. So, Darren, it's yours. Run with it. Okay. I guess just to add briefly, playing with fire, what does that mean? Look, Ever since 2016, when President Trump ran against the coordinated opposition of the establishment GOP, establishment Dem, the corporate media, the military-industrial complex, every powerful institution in the country, if not the world, was actuated against him. And he won because he had the support of the people. The people don't like that are using the same playbook against him that they use against governments overseas that they don't like. The force opposed to him is not just the left, it's not just the Democrats. The force opposed to him is deeply embedded within our national security state. And they're running the same playbook on him that they do on all these other countries. And when they say play with fire, I'll just end with this note. They've set up a situation where if Trump does not concede on election day, they have preemptively justified military removal. Al Gore, former presidential candidate, has floated the possibility of military removal. Joe Biden has done this as well. 
Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, the previous loser whom Trump, Trump defeated, has said under no circumstances will Biden concede. These people are doing everything they can to ensure that the American people will never be able to meddle in their own elections again. Okay, hang on for one second, because I want to make sure that the Media Matters crowd and media is in full meltdown now with your statement. Back that up. What do you mean Al Gore? Al Gore is a former U.S. senator from a, a, a esteemed political family in Tennessee. I think his father was a senator many decades. Uh, and you said Joe Biden, who's the Democratic nominee. What do you mean that they have laid a predicate for military removal? Because this right here, the, the, the analysis they say in the wargaming never got to never got to to military that, so how, how, how did how did you how did you know, jump do you have your tinfoil hat on or how do you how do you make that uh, leap no i just have my galaxy brain which is sufficient and has served me well so far but look these are recent reports al gore look it up al gore has floated in an interview an idea again they put it delicately they set up the image in people's mind they say oh what if according to these you know war games that they've done what if according to these war games trump refuses to leave office and al gore says well in that case he might have to be removed by the military secret service the same thing with biden the point is is that at a major level at a very high level they're floating scenarios that would involve military removal of the president, and they're setting it up such that they are justifying it if he doesn't concede. And meanwhile, Hillary is saying that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. Okay. One last point. Rosa Brooks, whom we've been talking about before, right after the 2016 election, Rosa Brooks wrote a very interesting piece right after the election three ways we can remove Trump before 2020. Interesting title, isn't it? Look at that piece. She, at the end, suggests a fourth way. That fourth way, military coup. If you don't believe it, look it up. This is very much in their minds. It's very much in the works. The color revolution is in the works. Black is the new orange. The Black Lives Matter, all these protests, they're the new orange revolution. It's the same players involved running the same playbook. Be ready. It's coming now. Is this uh, why the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff kind of out of nowhere? Didn't he say that the military wouldn't be involved it, in this? It wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't. It was not out of nowhere. Okay, I just fact, hang, hang on. Hang, hang on. Hang on. Take it. Slow down. Just trying to make sure people are contextualizing this. It seemed like for the average citizen. All of a sudden, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs says, we will not play any role in removal of, of that. It's like, where did that come from? How did that even get into the conversation? So tell people how that actually became. Why would he, and I think it's got to be for the first time in American history, where the chairman of the Joint Chiefs right. actually made a statement. It's so stunning. It's like, what is going on here? Walk people through why it even came right. up, why it even came a, a, a point. Well, I mean, it came up out of this broader context in which a multiplicity of media outlets and Al Gore and Joe Biden have been floating scenarios which would require something amounting to a military coup. But the proximate cause for that specific claim by the chairman of Joint Chiefs was a joint letter by two lieutenant colonels, I believe, in the Military Times, 
which wrote and incredibly wrote a letter to him suggesting that precisely in a scenario in which Trump refuses to leave this this fantastical, this fictional, absurd notion that they're wargaming into our minds that Trump is not going to leave. These two colonels wrote to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs pleading with him, should Trump not leave in those that scenario, the Joint Chiefs should, in, in their words, do what's right and use the military force to remove him. This is a very dangerous thing. I'm glad the chairman of the Joint Chiefs stopped it. But this is very much part of the conversation. It's something that these uh, national security people have forced into the conversation. And it's very much part of their playbook. It's very much in their minds. And if we're going to be ready, we have to contemplate this possibility. Okay. It's an existential crisis that's potentially ahead of us. Not potentially. There's an existential crisis right here. It's laid out. This is happening. This is why we're talking about it all the time. You know, this is the signal in the, in the noise. Go back and look at any show. Look at my career. I don't deal with the ephemeral. All that stuff's happening every day. I don't care about it. Care about deep. This is serious. Military Times is a serious paper. That's not to, to print that. Just to make the editorial decision to print that letter is not a small thing. That is not a small thing. And for those colonels to write it, not a small thing. For General Milley. Right. To, for General Milley to think that right. he has to respond to it, not a small thing. Right. To have these people do it. Not right. a small look. I'm and, a veteran. It's, my daughter's a West Point. Yeah. Grad. We're, 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 we are seriously pro-military, but we're and, on and dangerous one, ground. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing on this. One more thing on this. I don't think anyone can look at the recent hit job on Trump regarding this absurd and deeply offensive notion that he somehow doesn't care about deceased soldiers. This is part of the same operation we're talking yeah. about. They are engaging the military. They are running information operations on our military, preparing okay, them, okay. indeed priming <laughs> them for the possibility okay. of a military coup. Darren, when you throw things out like that, you got to refer to it because people don't know what you're talking about. The Atlantic has an article. Of course, Drudge gives it three links on the left in red from some guy. And I know President Trump pretty well. Never heard. He's got complete reverence. For our veterans, he's got complete reverence for um, for um, the wounded. He's got complete reverence for the war dead. This thing is just a string of lies. You know, with it's stunning about how he mocks and ridicules losers, suckers, deadbeats. You know, why, why would you ever go in the military? Total lies. But it's a psyops operation. Okay, psyops operation. Yes. Okay, Darren Beatty, thank you so much. We got to jump. Really appreciate it. Amazing. On the revolver, we'll, we'll promote yep. it all day. We're on dangerous ground, and they're playing with fire next. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. He oversaw the rise of ISIS, and he cheered the rise of China as a positive development for America and the entire world. Remember that? Now he's trying to say, well, I can be tough on China, too. No, he can't. China owns him. China owns Sleepy Joe. He's not going to be tough on China. And he said all these wonderful things, and then all of a sudden, his poll numbers started going down. How about law enforcement? He's, like, so bad. In his entire convention they didn't even mention and by the way 
Something else they did that I think is terrible, really terrible. The words under God, right? Right? Okay. Right? Is that the... Called the Pledge of Allegiance under God. He left those two words. Okay, great. Uh, that was President Trump. China owned Sleepy Joe. Never stood up to him. He's in Latrobe, Pennsylvania yesterday. Of course, he went up for a fur- further beatdown. About there was no. I don't think they mentioned God one time in the Democratic Party. Um, when you've got the apparatus, I guess they figured they don't need God, right? We're going to prove him wrong, Jack Maxey. Um, concentrated prayer coming through. Remember, um, God believes in instrumentality. You're an instrument, right? You're an instrument. Be an instrument. Action, action, action. Be an instrument. Donald Trump was providential. You be pro- Everybody be providential. Those people are depressed, those people that think. There's light at the end of the tunnel with victory. Victory begets victory. Okay, I want to go now to, uh, that's President Trump. China owns Sleepy Joe, right? He was in charge of the pivot to Asia. And China, now the uh, Trump administration has been on fire the last couple of days on a beatdown of the Chinese Communist Party, and they're beaten back. And here's what we're grateful to, and we really appreciate, G News and GTV for subtitling this in Mandarin and blowing it through the firewall, which is not easy. And Jack Max is going to talk about the firewall and the floods a little later in the show. We're going to talk about CCP genocide. And I think specifically we're going to get to the second where we're going to talk about what's happening with the Uyghur, the Uyghur women, and also in Mongolia where the CCP is out of control. It was Miles Guo that actually they said the other day, hey, why are you guys not to CCP lied, people died. How about this? There's 185,000 Americans dead. Isn't that genocide? Aren't there millions dead all over the world? What are you guys doing? Why is nobody calling out the CCP? We do it every day on the show, and we're proud of it. We're not going to stop, right? You're not going to stop. We're after it. And but here's the thing. President, General Secretary Xi gives us a hat tip, and we appreciate it. General Secretary Xi, we appreciate it. We're going to be in your grill, in Wan Shan's grill, in the senior cadre of the Chinese Communist Party because you're the slave masters of Lao Beijing, of old hundred names. And by the way, since the business model is working for the party of Davos, every other worker in the world is a serf because of the excess capacity, overcapacity, and deflation that you ship all over the world so nobody can get a decent wage. This is why President Trump's economic plan that we started the show off with on Labor Day weekend is such a miracle. So here's what we're going to do. do, Listen, this is one of the things about a global audience. We're going to play President Xi the other day is addressing senior cadre in the Chinese Communist Party, and he's he's laying it down. He's laying it down. We've got a internal thing for the team at G News did a great job. We're going to play that. It's subtitled for our TV audience and live streaming audience. They've done the subtitling. You can see it. But we've asked... The one, the only Jack Maxey is going to, for our radio audience and for people listening on the podcast, Jack Maxey is going to take the voice of she and uh, and you will hear it. So I would like AVN, our partners at AVN, I want to roll this General Secretary Xi giving a shout out to War Room Pandemic. Anyone and any force attempts to distort the history of Chinese Communist Party, demonize the nature and purpose of the CCP, the Chinese people will never agree. Anyone and any force attempts to distort and change the path of socialism with Chinese characteristics, deny and vilify the great achievements of the Chinese people in building socialism, the Chinese people will never agree. 
Anyone and any force attempts to separate the CCP from Chinese people and set them against each other, the Chinese people will never agree. Anyone and any force attempts to impose their will on CCP through bullying, change the direction of CCP's progress and obstruct the efforts of the Chinese people to create a better life for themselves, the Chinese people will never agree. Anyone and any force attempts to undermine the Chinese people's right to peaceful life and development, disrupt the exchange and cooperation between the Chinese people and the Chinese people of other countries, undermine the lofty cause of peace and development of mankind, the Chinese people will never agree. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's the biggest compliment we've ever gotten. Anybody wants to divide the Chinese Communist Party from the Chinese people? General Secretary Xi, first off, the tell is you actually had to go do that. Right. You had to do that. This is stunning. And I'm so glad with the work of G News and G Media, Miles Guo, and all the team of whistleblowers, New Federal State, the War Room Pandemic Team, a hat tip to AVN. We have forced, arguably, the second most powerful guy in the world to have to come out and start to make his case. Well, sir, just a small thing. Let's tear, let's tear down the Great Firewall of China and let's see what the Chinese people actually say. Because well, I'm telling you, what we see on our side of the football is that from all the expatriates, they detest you, okay? This is not about the Chinese people. The Chinese people are heroic. Lao Beijing, old hundred names, is just like the deplorables. They're heroic. You've enslaved them. And if, if you haven't enslaved them, just do one simple thing. Tear down the firewall and let's have free communication between the Chinese people and the rest of the world. Because what you're going to find, sir, is they do, they do not agree. The bones of the, of the hundreds of millions that have died under the dictator, totalitarian dictatorship of the Chinese Communist Party from the Great Leap Forward to the Great Famine to the Cultural Revolution to Tiananmen Square to what's happening today. Right, the suppression of, of, of the Uyghurs and the Tibetan Buddhists and the House Christians and the Falun Gong and the underground Catholic Church in, in Mongolia now and up in Manchuria, right? And it's people in Hong Kong and the organ harvesting and on and on and on and on and on. Tear down the firewall and let's see. Steve, just so you know, yeah. I posted this on Twitter yeah. about 20 minutes ago. We've gotten dozens and dozens of responses. I would say more than half of them are from Chinese, ethnic Chinese from around the world. I'm Chinese. CCP doesn't speak for me. Bring down the CCP. I'm Chinese. They do not speak for me over and over again. So, Chairman Z, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Yeah, we're not backing off. And this is not about the Chinese people. We're on the Chinese people's side. We're against you. And I think over the last couple of years, and now this is the tell. You're nervous. And here's why. We've bifurcated the CCP first. Is everybody's China? China? No, 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 no. It's not China. It's the Chinese Communist Party. It's the Chinese Communist Party. It's the Chinese Communist Party that's the partner of Wall Street. It's the Chinese Communist Party that's a partner of the city of London. It's the Chinese Communist Party that's a city of, a, par, a partner of the party of Davos and the global corporations and Sleepy Joe and Sleepy Joe's family, right? 
That's what this fight's about. Yes, sir. And we've seen this happen before, Steve. You know, in the late 30s when we had many American companies wanting to trade with uh, the, the Nazis. I mean, we had to drag some of those banks by the ear with threatens, uh, threats of putting them in jail just to get them to stop. There is something in the human spirit that will cause all kinds of harm because of greed. And that's what we're watching right here. These people are greedy for power. They're greedy for wealth. And they don't care if they harm you to get it. We are not denying and vilifying the Chinese people at all. We are honoring and promoting the decency, hard work, and common goodness of the Chinese people. Lao Beijing, old hundred names, are the deplorables. It's on their shoulders. And Miles Guo has gone about the, you know, the, the five strategies of how you keep them down and too hungry and uneducated. And this is what you've done, Xi. Right. We're against the Chinese Communist Party. We're against you. And now you have infiltrated everywhere in your global expansion. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to have we're going to have a special over the weekend on Labor Day weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to have an hour of myself with Miles Guo about the about the the plan, the global plan that they're executing for global domination. Right. No tinfoil hat all backed up. Then the second hour, the guy at the Glenn Beck and the team at the Blaze TV with Peter Schweitzer have an amazing uh, film, Riding the Dragon, which we're going to premiere here on AVN, uh, right? And others on Newsmax and other, you know, John Frederick's Radio Network, all of it, right? And then we're going to have, uh, and then we're going to have uh, on Monday, again on Labor Day, another hour miles Miles Guo about the plan, totally original material of their global domination in a rebroadcast of the film. The film is amazing. The film does a great job of laying it out factually about Joe Biden's Joe Biden's financial relationships with the Chinese Communist Party. She's scared. You don't go in front of senior cadre, right, and put it on TV, and the guys, thank God for the guys at G News and GTV are able to pick it up and subtitle it. One thing that was yeah. interesting, Steve, I noticed that all these senior CCP officials were wearing masks. I thought they had the virus under control. Yeah. Remember they had the pool party last week in Wuhan and, and the little dance party. Yeah. Everything's fine, but apparently it's not fine if you're a top senior cadre. cadre. The other thing you should notice, it was a little robotic. It wasn't like they were, it wasn't like they were taking it on fresh. Yeah, hey, he's right, right on, man. It was like, yeah, am I supposed to clap now? They're all looking at the I side stop? of their eyes. When do I stop? Right. See whether the guy on the right or left stops first. But, but he had the mantra about the Chinese people. No, 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 sir. You've been caught out. You've been, at West Point, they say you've been found. Okay, you've been found. Well, and he well, doesn't speak for the Chinese people, right? It's, it's a combination of two things here, right? It's overextension first, right? That's very clear geopolitically. It's an, it's an overextended uh, situation for them. But number two, um, when you look at, uh, you know, specifically how they tried to lay the Russia narrative trap. Oh, I guess we're going to a break. Short break. Let's hear what you're saying on Hashtag War and Pandemic. We'll come back. We'll have Raheem summarize that and Kyle Ober talking about genocide. Chinese Communist Party genocide throughout the world. Next. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The intelligence community says Russia, China, and Iran are seeking to interfere in the U.S. presidential election for various reasons, but mostly they want to sow dissent in our country, exacerbate racial tensions, et cetera, like that. Of those three countries that the intelligence community has pointed to, Russia, China, and Iran, which is the most assertive, the most aggressive in this area? I believe it's China. Which one? China. China more than Russia right now? Yes. Why do you say that? 
because I've seen the intelligence. That's what I've concluded. What are they trying to do? Well, I'm not going to discuss that. To this but time. they're trying to help who, who win? I'm not going to get into that. More aggressive than Russia? Yes. Wow. That's a, they, they, that's a mic drop. By the way, Wolf and CNN, write it down. I've said this now for nine months. Write this down. The alliance of evil, the access of evil to consolidate the Eurasian landmass, the Chinese Communist Party is top because they're like a thousand times bigger than Russia. Iran, which we said was their partner for the longest time, we now know they have a 25-year deal, $400 billion buying all the oil, supplying them militarily. Pakistan's part, Turkey's part, and Russia's part. That's all one team, brother. You see, Ralph, not Russia. Is it not Russia? Not Russia. No, Wolf. It's Chinese Communist Party. Was somebody at CNN write this down? Wolf? It's not Russia. Nope. I love Barr. I'm not going to tell you that. That's intelligence, right? <laughs> doofus. Wolf Blitz, Blitzer. Guy is a doofus. I've got to say, your Wolf Blitzer impression sounds a lot like the, uh, the what's his name, Brian Stelter impression Brian, as well. Yeah, yeah they, but it's, they, it's, they, they're all the same. They have the it's thing. all okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to throw this out there just before I conclude my yeah. last point. I know we're going to get to Carl as well. Yeah. Um, why did he sound so surprised? Like, that is bizarre. That's I mean, my point. Here's, here's the weird thing, though. I think even though Fareed Zakaria works with all these CCP organizations, I don't think Fareed Zakaria would be surprised by that. So why is Wolf Blitzer surprised by that? Because it's not the mentality. They're corp- They're a corporate partner with the. They want in. You know, they. Time Warner, all the all the corporate things. CNN. They're part of the business model. I think he just. I think he read that as like it was almost brazen for Barr to say that on a Ridiculous. show. Right? Well, he's got also no comeback. He doesn't. Know. I mean, right. he doesn't. Somebody at CNN's got to take the China watch. The CCP watch, yeah, right? They're too busy actually taking part in CCP conferences. It's all but, one thing. That China, Iran are absolute partners, and Russia is becoming their partner. They want to break the American Republic because the American Republic is the linchpin of the Alliance of Liberty. We can get to it today. We'll get to it on Tuesday. You got the the the, the nationalist Indian government is up on the border of Ch- Chinese occupied Tibet. And they got the special forces of the Tibetan special forces guys running the tables right now in the PLA. The kind of kinetic wars already started, folks. Okay? Already started up there in Chinese-occupied Tibet in the foothills of the Himalayas. They're fighting. As okay? someone said, the Indians are starting to slice the salami in the other direction. Exactly. It's so, now and it's hot. Now and it's hot. And the Indians are not going to back off. Modi and this crowd are not going to back off. Dave Ramaswamy, J. Ken Sir, they're not going to back off. Yes, sir. So that kind of just dovetailed on my point from okay. the previous segment is number one, overextension by Xi, and number two, the, the foreign election interference playbook that most Americans got wise to very quickly and just how much there wasn't any interference of any substance yes. or anything out of the ordinary yes. here. That means we know what's going on and we know specifically how the Chinese work differently from, say, the Russians or, or even the Iranians, who they all do their little tinkering. But what the Chinese have done is big, wholesale, like, industrial change. Go get right? the Washington Post. You said it the other day. You got, you got the People's Daily. You got the, called the China Daily. You got the propaganda right there, state-owned. That's the other thing. We've got so much to get to. We'll get to Pompeo on Tuesday. When we get back, is that from the uh, specials we're doing? Is that t- t- you know Pompeo's now talking about all their media operations? They're foreign agents. Okay, now we're going to go to Kyle Obert, expert, uh, one of the guys that has helped the Uyghurs more than Kyle. Thanks for uh, joining us here. Walk through this genocide. Uh, Miles Gross said the other day, says, "Hey, I don't know why you Americans are not calling this vi- the CCP virus genocide against the United States and the entire world." But now, 
Other people are talking about genocide in the Uyghurs. They're suppressing Mongolia. Walk people through exactly what's going on with the Chinese Communist Party in this charge of genocide. Yeah, so for the past, um, you know, five or so years, the Chinese Communist Party has been building a vast system of concentration camps, prisons, um, and forced labor camps. Um, and in these facilities, they've been brainwashing people, they've been torturing people, they've been um, committing all sorts of atrocities. And uh, finally, we're, we're reaching fever pitch here where people are starting to uh, really awaken to the, the horrors of what's going on. Uh, this is mass internment not seen since the days of the Holocaust. Um, there are millions and millions of people who are missing. Um, their families don't know where they are. And uh, the, the crime of genocide is very clearly defined uh, in you know, 18 U.S. Code, Section 1091, it lays out, uh, you know, six points which qualify as genocide. And uh, to some extent, the Chinese Communist Party is meet, meeting every single one of those criteria. Um, so, you know, what we have to do now is um, we need to be less self-absorbed um, in our political debate. Um, you know, we need to... Um, uh, realize that there is um, quite possibly uh, another Holocaust developing. And, um, you know, both candidates um, need to uh, actually start calling this what it is, which is a genocide. And we need the Department of Justice to start enforcing 18 U.S. Code Section 1091. Let me ask you for a second, Kyle. i got to jump in here. Why is, you would think there'd be a firestorm. I mean, we did the... You do anything against radical Islam, and you get a you get a cutter, and you get these countries just blowing up, and they got all their running dogs over here, the uh, uh, care and all these things. Why is it crickets from uh, from the Islamic community on this? Uh, th these are essentially this is a, the Muslim population in East Turkestan. Why are there crickets? Why do I not hear yeah. protests? Why are they not in front of the Chinese embassy? Why if it's genocide, and it's literally you're talking about concentration camps and maybe another Holocaust? I mean, the terms are very provocative. Why? And I'm not saying the United States should not be involved in this and the moral, uh, you know, the moral code we have. But where is the Islamic world on this? You know, countries, just random countries. I'm going to start some random countries that are kind of part of CCP. Pakistan, Iran, uh, what's happening with Saudi Arabia, what's happening with the Gulf Emirates that are selling the oil, maybe even the UAE. Right. Where is the outrage from the Islamic community that are in business with the Chinese Communist Party? Hey, I mean, that's, that's a great question. You know, uh, Attorney General Barr, he mentioned the, the threat that China poses to our elections, influencing our elections. But we need to understand what the CCP is doing. Uh, they're doing it worldwide. You, you just mentioned all of these countries, uh, you know, uh, Pakistan, Iran, uh, Turkey are, are really three countries who you would you would expect to be speaking up on this. Um, but, you know, in Pakistan, you've got the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which the, the Pakistani military, um, you know, is completely tangled up in. So they're getting all this Chinese money. You know it's going to uh, graft and corruption and bribery, right? Um, you know, you look at Turkey. Turkey is in bad shape economically. They, you know, they're looking for a bailout. They've alienated NATO. They've alienated Russia. They've, they, you know, so now they're turning to China. So you're not 
going to see Turkey speak up about the Uyghurs probably. In fact, um, you know, there, there's credible evidence that Turkey has been surreptitiously deporting Uyghurs to third-party countries where, you know, they then get sent back to China. Raheem Ghassam writes a book about uh, no-go zones, and they're trying to destroy him. Here, the Chinese Communist Party, you, what do you say, there's millions of people they can't even account for. They've got a whole series of concentration camps, right? And it's crickets. It's crickets. You're saying it's in the code of what genocide is. People, we're going to get into that in the days and weeks ahead. But I'd like to know where the Islamic community is. This is, these are, they're, 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 this is happening because they're Islamic. Chinese Communist Party hates all religions. Hates Tibetan Buddhism. Hates, underground, hates evangelical Christianity. Hates uh, house uh, Catholics. Hates Falun Gong. Hates the, the Uyghurs. Why? We've had it on the show every day. This is why she's calling us out for months and months and months on Saturday. What? They're a materialistic, godless, atheistic apparatus, right? And the, was all the little uh, Lao Beijings come on the show and say, hey, whatever your religious belief is, they got to strip it out of you so you can become robotic. Okay, I want to go quickly to uh, Mongolia. In Mongolia, the Mongolians are fighting back. This is amazing. It, it, I take it what they're trying to do is a cultural... Just a complete beatdown. They're taking the language. They're, you got to. You can't speak Mongolian anymore. You're going to have to speak Mandarin. Is what is going on there? Because on G News and GTV, we're getting this amazing footage for people pushing back in Mongolia. Well, okay. So the thing that you have to understand is that the the CCP they affect their eradicationist uh, policies incrementally. So what you're seeing in South Mongolia, um, aka Inner Mongolia. Uh, is kind of this beginning stage of the same thing that you saw in you know Chinese-occupied East Turkestan with the Uyghurs and Kazakhs and other Turkic people. First, they attack the religion. They roll out um, intrusive surveillance, uh, you know, and then from there they they pump up the security apparatus. And before you know it, you're living in an open-air prison, right? Um, and so what you're seeing right now um, in South Mongolia is extraordinarily concerning uh, because it, it shows you, uh, unfortunately, what I've been saying now for some two years, that, that what's happening in East Turkestan won't stay in East Turkestan, that, that these policies are going to metastasize. You're going to start seeing camps probably within the next years in South Mongolia, maybe in Hong Kong. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is very serious. People do not, people are not taking this seriously enough. Um, and, and so, what you're seeing in in, in South Mongolia, you know, uh, is is really the the canary in the coal mine. I mean, really, the, the, what's happened to the Uyghurs and and before that, the Tibetans. I mean, that should have woken people up. But uh, you know, if people are not woke yet. They need to get woke because. Uh, you know, this is snowballing very, very quickly. Kyle, how do people get access to your, because your Twitter feed, all that, how do people get access to you, your writings, and, and all these groups that you uh, you coordinate with? Um, you know, I'm not doing much uh, social media lately, but uh, you can go to my website at obert.us, O-L-B-E-R-T.us, and um, read some of my stuff on there. Kyle Olber, thank you very much. Uh, let's make sure we get the webpage up so you can click to it. Jack Maxey observations you're the, the we want to hear hashtag war and pandemic uh this is why you got to fight for this republic because you never want to have that happen here don't think that won't happen here i'm not being too crazy don't think if they would said it never happened in hong kong you heard him right there
And there were right. some stories out today about what's going on in Mongolia and that they think that the local CCP officials are waiting for uh, orders from Beijing. They've sort of locked down schools. They're not letting parents pick up their children. A few days ago, a third grader jumped off a building in protest for the requirement that they drop their Mongolian language. It's a very emotional and let's remember the complicated relationship that Chinese history has with angry Mongolians. Yeah. Last time I remember, I think a guy named Genghis Khan came out of Mongolia, right? Just kind of swept through the known world and some of the unknown. Um, wow. A lot going on. We're going to, this morning we woke up, it was a firestorm in social media about Taiwan. Taiwan actually shooting down a, a, a new Chinese F-35. Uh, Excuse me, not the... SU-35. SU-35. They kind of stole our F-35, right? So a fair and square. Somehow they did. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be back. Hashtag war and pandemic. We're actually going to go to Taiwan. we got the new federal state. Ford, we're finally going to give Ford a t- chance to talk. Uh, every day we're going to try to have somebody on these freedom fighters, either whistleblowers, freedom fighters throughout the world. This is a global revolution against the Chinese Communist Party. At the same time, they're running a color revolution here in the good old United States of America. We're going to return in just a moment. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I took the toughest ever action to stand up to China's pillaging, plundering, and rampant theft of Pennsylvania and many other places' jobs. That's all throughout the world, by the way. But our states have been just pillaged by China and others. Joe Biden's agenda is made in China. My agenda is made in America. And to say that uh, this weekend, I want to talk about special uh, uh, programming. We've got the team, uh, Glenn Beck's team at Blaze TV, Lightspeed, the filmmakers, and Peter Schweitzer, the top investigative reporter. For we did uh, Clinton Cash with Peter and his team back in 2016 for all the Bernie people. Now, uh, tomorrow, a special broadcast at 11 o'clock of Riding the Dragon, the Biden's family's financial situation with she and the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, that'll be 11 o'clock uh, tomorrow. At 10 o'clock, we have Miles Guo in the, uh, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party's plan for global domination. We'll have an, another new hour of that at 10 o'clock on Labor Day and then followed by a rebroadcast of the Glenn Beck film. You must see this Glenn Beck film. It's absolutely five stars, five out of five, riding the dragon. want to now go to this morning. We, Jack, uh, when we got up this morning, there was a flurry of social media. I was talking about a Taiwanese that shot down one of the new, uh, one of the new uh, CCP uh, fighter jets they kind of stole from the United States. Turned out the, the Taiwanese came out. But most important, we're bringing forward from the new federal state in Taiwan. We use Taiwan as an example of what the free Chinese people can do. Taiwan has done and handled the CCP virus better than any nation on earth. The Taiwanese gave us a heads up on this on January, excuse me, December 31st of 2019, told the World Health Organization, hey, guess what? Community spread down in Wuhan, community spread down in Ubay, got a problem. World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros, silence, right? Silence. That's why you have all these people dead. That's why we have all this economic destruction because the CCP-controlled World Health Organization did not take the call from the free Chinese. Yeah, Jack. I just want to clear up this idea of the Su-35 being shot down by a Taiwanese Air Force. It was not shot down. Yeah. It crashed yeah. on its own. 
please. Oh, don't so spread so that they rumor. actually do have a crash. Well, the 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 Taiwanese airport is saying Air Force is saying, listen, we had nothing to do with this. This photograph, whatever it is, uh, we didn't shoot it down. Okay, we've got Ford. Uh, do we have Ford? Did we drop? We got Ford in Taiwan. Ford. First off, um, the, the uh, head of the uh, Asia desk at the State Department put out a uh, statement today. Stillwell, love that name. Stillwell in China. Stillwell put a uh, put a, a statement out about solidarity of the United States, the people of the United States with the people of Taiwan. Just kind of, I mean, this is with all this tension building in the South China Sea, the Straits of uh, uh, Taiwan, Straits of Formosa, you come out with this statement, pretty powerful in timing. What does that mean, Ford, uh, in Taiwan, when the United States is every day stepping up more and more about our solidarity with the free Chinese in the free Republic of China in Taiwan? Hi, Mr. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, I think it means a lot to us. Okay, because over the decades, we're trying to defend the democracy and we're trying to stay with Hong Kong and for the, the virus, CDP virus, we're trying to pursue the truth of it. And I think it's really uh, telling the world that as long as you're chasing the democracy, you all be you all get support from all over the world, and as as long as you're doing the right thing, you you uh, stand with the justice, and finally it will pay off. You know, and we and this is what we've been waiting for for a long time, recognized, and then I think we deserve more recon uh, recognize. Uh, we we deserve more uh, to be more recognized. Uh, by the U.S., by the world. Thank you. Ford, last thing. Uh, we've got about a, a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, President Xi came out with this extraordinary talk he gave to the senior cadre, saying that you can never uh, trash the CCP. The CCP is bonded with the Chinese people. The CCP is the Chinese people. Yet you've got the whistleblower movement. You've got uh, the new federal state. You've got the GTV, G News, Miles Guo, all these Chinese expatriates throughout the world and particularly in, in Taiwan, is President Xi, why is he nervous? Why is he nervous to say that, oh, you can't say anything bad about the CCP because we, we really represent the Chinese people? Tell, uh, explain to an American audience, why is she nervous about what you guys are doing with the new federal state? Okay. Uh, I, for, for my personal opinion, why he's afraid of this is because uh, – for the democracy of Taiwan and what we have been doing, uh, people will compare these two uh, governments together. And then one is with all the dictatorship and one is de with democracy. And then uh, people in, in the free world, in, I mean, the, in the free land of Taiwan, we live under the, under the freedom. So that's why we've been... Uh, threatened, we've been uh, isolated for so many years because they they want no comparison with Taiwan, free Taiwan, and China. Thank you, Ford. I really want to thank you. The bravery. Remember, these are nom de jours. They can't if their if their families are found out. If they found out that they're, they're immediately rolled up. And you see on the screen, we're very honored every time to show these demonstrations throughout the world, from Australia to Canada to Taiwan to. Uh, 
to L.A., to Munich, Germany. It's just insane. Every day it builds, and they're getting to the consulates. They get to the embassies. These people are fearless. Ford, greatly honored uh, to have you, and, and thank you very much. Um, we're going to be relentless. President Xi just gave us a hat tip today. We're relentless. We're not backing off. You, you are a, uh, what you've done to the Chinese people is absolutely atrocious. The Chinese people, Lao Beijing, their freedom is going to be the great story. Whoever helps assist the Chinese people, they're the only ones that get their own freedom. Whoever assists the Chinese people in doing it will help write the history of the first half of the 20th century. So as we fight for our freedom here, remember for all of our, uh, all of the people in the new federal state, it's every day. It's every day freedom's a grind. And President Reagan looks more and more prophetic when he says it's one generation away from leaving. You know, when he said that back in the 80s, people, what is he talking about, right? We're America. We're free. Well, look what's happening here now. Okay, we got a few minutes. Uh, Raheem, what's at the 3 o'clock on the National Pulse? At TBD uh, at the moment. We're, uh, we're in show planning stage for the, today. Obviously, we'll, uh, we, we're not going to be live Monday, but we have the best of on Monday. Nigel Farage interview, Jack Brewer interview. Go on, make a joke. He gave me, he says he's doing best of. I said, you've had three shows. <laughs> I guess three. You guess, Still you got, got more best, moment, <laughs> best of moments than you. Got Raheem's three, <laughs> be, three best monologues from his first three shows. That'll be exciting. AVN, you're going to have a winner there. Going to go. Okay, so today. T- TBD for 3 p.m. Make sure the whole thing's on the website right now, the whole document. Okay, get it get it up there. Jack Maxey, Steve Bannon, tomorrow. Plans for the CCP.